Hey, what is up, everybody? And welcome to the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. On tonight's show, we'll continue our deep dive into the NFL prospects coming out in the draft uh, at the end of this month now. Uh, we are into draft month. It is, what is it, April 4th today. Um, man, I love, I think I love the draft more than I love free agency. Kevin, you? Well, the draft itself is like our fantasy drafts. There's all this, it's like Christmas. So yeah. much freaking build up, so much build up. The day comes, you're all jacked up, fired up, ready to go. Next thing you know, Jalen Rager's on your roster. Okay. And why? why? And then the next day, why? it's like it's just over, and you feel so let down, and and it's just it's so long till anything of substance really happens. So I yes, I wait. love the draft. I'll give it to you. I cannot wait till the Ravens take Josh Downs, all five foot nine of him in the first round. It, would, it wouldn't surprise me, dude. I'm I'm about fed up. I so we we I'm got uh, we got run, running backs, O line, and tight ends tonight. Um. Three position groups, but two of them, the tight ends and O-linemen, should be pretty short. Before we get there, though, some news and notes. Jalen Carter is back in the news. I'm not sure if you saw this, but let me give you a, a timeline here. So a few months ago, he gets pulled over, doesn't listen to the cop. Then he continues to race his car and people die. And then he lies about the racing. He gets out of it. Gains nine pounds in two weeks from the time of the combine until his pro day. A pro day which he was not able to finish because he was out of shape. Now, he is refusing to meet with teams, per his agent Drew Rosenhaus, that are picking outside of the top ten. Let's forget that some team could trade up into the top ten, but now may not draft you because they didn't. you wouldn't work out for them. By the way, he will only work out for teams in his hometown of Apopka, Florida. He won't even go to the teams who, I mean, they're all teams right now. NFL teams are all hands on deck with the draft. They are breaking down 500 players. They don't have the staff to be sending people to Florida to watch this guy work out. It is insane this Jalen Carter, I, it's blowing my mind. So he's quite the diva. It's more red flags. Idiot Florio today on Pro Football Talk wrote this whole spiel about how this is great. He thinks it's wonderful. And that in the future, more players should do this. We just refuse to do anything. Don't go to the combine. Don't do pro days. Don't do anything. He, he admits it's at your own peril, your own risk. But more if everybody just did it, then they couldn't do keep doing this slave auction thing that that some of these people like him are calling the combine in this whole recruiting process again forgetting that it's people auditioning for multi-million dollar jobs while most people in our country struggle to make ends meet so it's very frustrating to, to for someone like him to encourage his behavior his lawyer came out and said not only can he not be prosecuted for anything else as part of his plea deal with all this she actually said he had nothing to do with those people dying in that wreck. She said it on the record today. He had nothing to do with it. Since he didn't actually ram their car, he had nothing to do with it. He wasn't going 107 miles an hour through city streets. He wasn't lying to the cops about it because he knew he did something very wrong. 
it's it's so bizarre. So we've already talked about the red flags. Well, now they're just flying up like freaking yeah, crazy. Yeah. Because and this dude is a nightmare and he's surrounded by enabler after enabler after enabler. And people like Florio then that, well, like I'm saying, in the same article, one hand he's saying this is stupid. And on the other hand, he's saying it's wonderful. It's another John Kerry flip-flop world. But this dude, I don't want him on my team. I'm at the point now, I don't care if he's sitting there in the third round. I don't want to deal with the headache. I don't want to have to deal with the questions. I don't want to deal with how much my other players are going to hate this guy. There's a there's a guy I listen to, a former front office. Um, well, I mean, he's a scout, coach, front office. Pat Kerwin on the NFL Network uh, on their um, SiriusXM NFL radio station. He is fantastic and has insight that very few people on on radio do. He he, I mean, he came out today. I was listening to him. Not a chance would he touch Jalen Carter, and that's going to if this keeps up. I mean, I don't know what else he could do to, you know, bomb his draft stock. But there there's going to be many many teams that are just going to write him off completely. Dude, he's going to be post trade Albert Hainsworth. Yes. Except yes. never, never the all pro, and then the that's trade what he and then it all fell apart. He's just going to fall apart from the start. That's like he, Jamarcus well, what's Russell. What's he going to do the first day when he get when he gets to the summer practicing and and they start running him like crazy and telling him to do this, do that. You're just a rookie, and these other big guys say, "Yeah, you got to go sing in front of everybody. You got to go do this." Can you imagine him just saying no to all of that stuff? And how is this going to work for him? He seems to think there's a different set of rules for him than everybody else, and that's just not how it works. I'm drawing a blank here. I'm going to need your help. Former Steelers guy. It's like an outside linebacker, DN. Played for the Patriots, too. And then I think he went back to the the Steelers. But he's a complete psycho. I watched him do a one-arm shoulder press with a 135-pound barbell. Wow. It's not James Ferrier. Who was it? I don't don't know who did all that. I'm going to come up with it. But he was an animal. And Having someone like him, the leadership he had on a team like the Steelers, for example, or like your Ray Lewis. Can you imagine if Jalen Carter showed up and tried to pull this diva nonsense with um with Ray Lewis or Ed yeah. Reed in the building? Yeah. There's not a chance. It would that's not happening. have. It would not have. Pan out. Was it Shazier? No, it wasn't Shazier. James no. Harrison, Miles Jack, Lennon Roberts. Wait, was it James Harrison? Is he like a? Is he? Yeah, because he, he was went. An yeah. yeah, yeah, he went That's to the exactly Patriots and played, and then went back. That guy, he's the one that threw his kids' trophies away, right? Yeah, like, he's a and he's a trophy. he's a freaking straight up. I mean, he's like a former uh, defense player of the year. He's a freaking he's a frightening individual. His arms like most people's legs. Right? Can you imagine what he would do to Jalen Carter if he came in there trying to pull that nonsense? They'd throw him somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, now let's flip the script here and get a little more positive with. Our guy, because I know you like him too, Zay Flowers. Um, I learned some a little bit about him in the days since our last podcast, and we like him. You know, he's my second overall receiver. So he's a three-star recruit. He's one of thirteen siblings, and the first person in his family to go to college. He chose Boston College for the education, not for football. He played as a freshman, was first team All ACC as a sophomore, a Bolitnikoff finalist as a junior. And still came back. So he could have easily gone into the draft last year, but came back to play with terrible quarterbacks 
simply to get his degree because he told his family that's what he was going to do. And then this year, he did not play in the Senior Bowl. He played in the Shrine Bowl, which is a much lesser bowl, because he had already committed there. He had said, look, I'll play for you guys. And he is about as high character from what I've been learning as it gets. Now, this is a dude I want on my team. Even if he doesn't have the overall talent some, that somebody else might, dude, he's a guy that's not going to be an issue. What is your problem? He just needs to grow six inches. Yes, I know. He, I know. I know. I'm but sorry, at least dude, I thick. love the dude too. Watching, he's like a huge highlight thick. reel. It's amazing. I have you're you, you like put words in my mouth with this. It's not that I don't want him. It's that we have to get somebody taller. I'm tired of the tiny receivers not working out year after year after year after year. Well, he, listen, here's it's a big Einstein guy thing, right? Do the same thing over and over again. Expect different results is the definition of insanity. It never stops. Just flip the script. Do something different. Okay, get him in the second round. Get somebody tall in the first round. Trade up in the second. I would love to have him, but I'd right. much rather have Quentin Johnson. Cedric Tillman. You told me to look him up. I oh, did. Yeah. He's a big boy. 6'3", 213, 454. I like it. NFL bloodline. His dad played, played in the league. Uh, an ankle injury ruined this past year, but as a junior, he led Tennessee in receiving. Um, I liked him. Tough, physical. He can make plays in traffic. He's got great ball skills. He didn't jump off the film at me. I think he'll be a solid, maybe number two receiver. Yeah, he makes uh, tough catches. He's not going to be a number one. Right, right. So, and, you know, he's not going to be in a first round either. Uh, But, um, yeah, right. Decent in the third round. I'll take that. Marvin Mims. Hmm. I got to be honest. I really like Marvin Mims. Shut up! I really. Uh, like we talk before the show. Every time I, I throw somebody I out there, and then you go look at the film, it's always oh, he's ho hum. Yeah, he didn't do much for me. I wasn't that impressed. You played me the fool. Well done. I did. Well done, sir. Like a fiddle. Like I, a fiddle. I I can't watch his tape and not think like God. This is. He just looks amazing to me. How is he so low? And you you know what it is? It's not that he's great. At anything. Now he is fast. You're in no, a, I don't, I'm not a, pretending he's going to be the number one receiver in this right. class. 5'11, 185. We're in a 438 with an almost 40 inch vertical. This dude is explosive and athletic and he can run. But it's that he does everything really good. Not just not just he does everything well, he does everything really good. Limited route tree, but with his athleticism, if he gets some coaching, he's going to be able to run any route you need him to do need him to even at 511 he plays way bigger than his size if him and if him and um Cedric Tillman went up for a ball I'm not sure Marvin Mims wouldn't come down with it yeah he might even though he's four inches shorter this dude is he fights for it and he made some rid- and one thing that you love not just ridiculous catches but the awareness and the body control keeping his feet in bounds on a couple touchdown catches I was floored this guy is good as a matter of fact he's my number four receiver now i moved him up past up past jordan addison up past jalen hyatt i got him right behind quentin johnson well you just made my day i you know i might have to pull costanza here people it's been real i'm going out on a high note see ya
<laughs> you made my freaking day. Wow. Good. Wow. Good. All right, let's. Somebody's um, let's going to hit the jackpot, taking him in the third or fourth round. All right, uh, you know what? I wouldn't be. I think the wide receivers are going to fall. I told you I did a quick little, just on my own, kind of mock draft, maybe 10, 15 minutes for the whole thing, just to kind of see where I was on a few things. And I had Quentin Johnson going early, um, not in the top ten, but you know between ten and fifteen, I think. And then I had um, JSN going to, I think Baltimore. In the twenties, and those were the only two receivers I had go. Those are the only two receivers I had go in the first round. Now that's you know we'll see how it pans out, but yeah, I've seen almost nine that now. That don't They're have just going in the first They're round. So I don't, I don't think he belongs there. But I, I, I don't, I just still don't Addison, understand the love affair with him. But Mims is, is projected to go around between eighty to ninety. So you're talking back end of the third round. We'll see. I, I liked him a lot. All right. Let's uh, talk about some guys we haven't talked about yet. And let's, I know we were supposed to do offensive line last week, so let's get it out of the way right now. You go with that? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Um, yeah, so I'll, we'll do tackles slash at least they played tackle in college first because there's two interior guys we'll talk about in a minute. But for me, the order of these, however you have these six or seven offensive tackles, is completely up to you. It is wide open. And besides maybe two of these guys, and, you know, if they were all the same skin color, if I took the jerseys off of them, you wouldn't be able to tell who's who. No, they're just Watching all the very – they're all good, solid guys that are contribute yes. for 10 to 12 years. But uh, Skaronsky, maybe, Paris Johnson, maybe, are ever going to be an all-pro player? Maybe? Yeah, and those are most of the guys out there that they're top two tackles. Right. It's usually either Paris or Skaronsky. Now, for me, my number one guy – and I like this – when did I start watching film? Two months ago? It was some time ago because you were excited that I had watched a few quarterbacks. Yeah, and I and I have issues. Um, but my number one tackle from the get-go has been Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma, 6'5", 315. Now, he's my number one guy, and I'm watching all these mocks for a month goes by, and I don't really see him in the first round. Another month, eh, kind of. Now, recently – I've seen him start creeping up there, and I was listening. Uh, I read a guy who's, I don't know, works for NFL or somewhere, his mock draft, and he had Anton going at like 18, and one of his comments was, I'm not sure he's going to make it this far with what I'm hearing around the league. So now that's making me like, welcome to the party, gents. Welcome, folks. I've been on this train for a while. A couple things I like about him. He's started since his freshman year. He's got a ton of of experience, which is huge um, at the collegiate level. He gave up nine pressures on 447 passing blocks or pass blocking snaps, and he can move. He's got quick feet. He gets the linebackers. He keeps his hands inside, which another guy I'm going to talk about here in a little bit doesn't. He's got good pad level for a big guy. Moving is not a problem for him. He's strong. He's good at pass blocking and run blocking. You don't always see that. Ike Kwanu last year can run block, best run blocker in the, in the league maybe. Pass block needs a lot of work. This guy's good at both. Um, he, Felix Anudike Uzama, one of the edge guys that might sneak into the first round, something like that, was shut down when he was going up against Harrison. Um, so I like this guy a lot. I, and he's versatile. He can play um, different spots. I think, I think if you had to move him inside a guard, he's quick enough, he's agile enough, he can make it happen. McShay put out his uh, most recent – uh, top two round mock drafts just this morning. I was going through it today. 
He has Harrison at 50 going to the Bucks. That's fine. Well, oh, I mean, no, like I'm said, not saying I mean, these, maybe that'll be a steal for him. These can go, these guys can be in any order. If you it's told me that's such a weird draft, dude, watch him because yes. yeah. you just even the the first, number one pick, you know, we almost always know who's going up. We had really no clue which of those guys is, is going to, it's, we know it's going to be one of three, but it, this is just so all over the place. Like you said, so many players are just, the same person, not necessarily the same person's in the same style, everything like that, but just their overall ability is just so close. You know, those yeah. two guys, Paris and Pete, they're going to go in the first round, but there's a chance, other than maybe Broderick Jones, that that none of the rest will even go in the first round. And it's interesting. One reason why I really like Anton Harrison is because of his experience. Broderick Jones is my number two here from Georgia, six five three eleven. Uh, but he's only had one full season starting at left tackle. One thing, but a couple of things. He's a bully, which you know I love in my offensive lineman. Yeah. Very athletic and powerful. He's really tough to move off off his mark. Again, he can pass block well. He can run block well. Plays angry. Uh, he his deal. He's got learning to do. Ceiling is very high. If he gets in a you know with a great offensive line coach, i.e. Philadelphia something like that, he could be. He could he could be the best guy in the class, but we can say that for everybody. The the real thing I that I think is the the telltale thing about all these guys is that this has become a league that unlike years ago, now offensive linemen are they're rated very high. They're sought after now because yes. of this becoming the league that it is, and you've got to protect these fifty million dollar year quarterbacks. And the simple fact that almost any mock you find, any rankings you find barely has three, maybe a fourth in the first round, goes to show the overall perceived, at least, lack of talent of these guys that they're so low. Because I in think, many years, you, you might have four offensive linemen go in the top 10, let alone yeah. the top 35. I, I think it's just a lack of overall talent in the draft. Uh, these draft gurus, they have no idea in a normal year, you don't know what's going to happen. But in a year when you have, you know, normally the talent, the 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 breadth of talent, but it might be a mile long. Well, the high-end talent here is like an eighth of a mile long. And then you yeah. have an enormous stretch where it could be anyone. You can have any one of 100 players go in the first yeah. round. And you throw in one weird trade and all of a sudden the whole thing Right. Completely flip flops. Everybody's running for this, running for that. Don't know what they're going to do, and, and it just gets all even crazier. It's going to be fun so, to watch. It is. Um, Paris Johnson, he's my third. He could be the first off the board. Uh, six six three ten. He didn't allow a single sack on four hundred forty nine pass blocking snaps. Uh, great size, quick feet. He's uh, he's smooth, which I think he's one of the smoother offensive lineman out there got no problem making it to the second level i saw a few times we had by the bull rush i mean he can learn how to anchor but but let's hear this anton harrison six five three fifteen six five three eleven six six three ten peter skronsky is my next guy six four three thirteen it's the same dude over and over again yeah it, um it, and i know it, i know o-line's not your favorite to watch so I'll keep moving here, and you, yeah, you chime in when you it's want. It's pretty to. boring to watch. Yeah, well, I I I like it, but again, I have issues. 
Six four three thirteen three seasons as starting left tackle. Um, only six pressures on four hundred and seventy four pass blocking snaps. Who are we on right uh, now? Who are we Skoransky. on? Skoransky, from Northwestern. Peter Skoransky. Yep. Uh, he's got a good pass drop. He's not the quickest. The other guys, uh, I think, are much quicker than him. His hands are always ready. I noticed though he gets him out wide. I haven't seen anyone write about this or talk about it on a podcast or anything. But he. A lot of these guys they keep their hands inside, and that's where you want them. He gets his hands out wide a lot, and I worry about him getting holding, holding calls, calls and stuff like yeah. right at the next level. And if, if you watch the tape, I'm sure you'll see it as well. I wasn't overly impressed with his tape in, in general, but, again, he is a seasoned veteran as far as college ranks go, and uh, I think he's very low risk. He's going to be a solid player for a long time. Let me ask I this. don't think he's – of your of your ten top guys, didn't mean to interrupt you there. Was your ten top guys? How many of you think will actually be starting day one, season one? Two of them, yeah. maybe three. That they'll. I don't be- know. It just depends on where they go. No, that's true. That that's a you huge know? part of it. I bet six of these guys start day one. You think? A lot of them are versatile too. Yeah, like Skaronsky's got short arms, right? That's that's the big knock against him. It bothers me a little less, but you can when you have a guy that can play like Anton Harrison, left tackle, left guard, right yeah. guard, right tackle, and my I don't know sixth guy or seventh guy on the on the board here, Cody Mock from North Dakota State. That dude can even play center. Um, it took me a while to come around to Cody Mock, but the more film I watched, the more I liked him. He's very athletic. The dude can definitely move around a football field. Uh, I was worried about his strength a little bit, but he put up 29 reps in the bench, which is fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, he played well at the senior bowl. Uh, and I, you know, I think that's a, a good marker for who you're going to be. Cause that's supposed to be the best of the best in the country because he's like, he said, North Dakota state coming from a small school. He's fine. I mean, he's, he, like I said, he can go left tackle, right tackle and all in the middle. When he went to the, uh, what was it? The, Senior Bowl, he took snaps at center just to show off that he could do it. So, cool. I mean, that's a great thing, the NFL, because we all know there's teams that run out 13 offensive linemen in a year because of injuries. And if you can move around, makes you really valuable. McShade had Skaronsky going nine to the Bears, and then Paris Johnson going to the Jets at 13. I think a lot of people get. You see these mocks, and it's like, oh, Joey Porter gets mocked oh, to this blessing, sir. Joey Porter Jr. gets mocked to the Steelers because that's where his dad played. And Peter Skronsky, who went to Northwestern, he goes to Chicago because that's where he is. It's just, I don't know. But Chicago really needs a line. His reasoning they makes do. a lot of sense. If they, they have do. weapons now, and if they can freaking somehow keep Justin Fields on his feet and not having to run every other play, Man, they could do some damage. They have Broderick Jones going to the Steelers. He's the next offense tackle. Then Darnell Wright. Uh, I'm just going through the first round real quick looking here. Offensive line players. No, no, no. That is it in the first round. So, well, another guy that could go in the first round is the biggest dude, probably in the whole draft, Dewan Jones, right tackle. large gentleman. Dude. He doesn't look Ohio real. State. Six. <laughs> Eight three seventy four. Now you think right tackle? Why would he go in the first round? But I mean, look around the league. You got some you, with the pass rushers that teams are putting out there. Your right tackle needs to be good. I mean, think about Lane Johnson. That dude's getting paid more than some left tackles out there. A hundred percent. And we've got a yeah. few. And we've got a few left-handed quarterbacks in the league now too. Yeah, 
obviously when you're six eight, three hundred, almost four hundred pounds, you're hard to move and you're strong. He can swallow you up, man. If you if he gets if he gets his hands on you, that's it. That's it, dude. You're that plays over for you. Yeah. Just stop. <laughs> yep. Just wait. Just just chill. Wait for the next play. Uh, you'll be fine. However, when you're that big too, you can get knocked off balance. If someone gets you just get a little underneath bit underneath of you, right? You're top heavy. Right. And I, I saw it happen. Doesn't have the best feet, but how can you? He probably wears size 24 shoe. The only thing that I worry about is, is he quick enough for the NFL? And maybe he gets to camp and maybe he cuts 10, 15 pounds and, you know, gets a little quicker. That's the only thing I, I saw on tape that worried me a bit was uh, his quickness. And then my last guy just closed out Darnell Wright from Tennessee, 6'5", 333. Solid player. I thought he was better at pass blocking than uh, run blocking. He, too, had um, his, not his quick feet. But, again, when you're watching guys that weigh 310 and then you turn on the film and you got a guy that's 330, 340, you know, you're going to that's going to pop out at you a little bit. Not the best in open space. Uh, and oddly enough, it seemed like the bull rush was how you got the best of Darnell Wright. Again, was weird. Maybe we just got to work on our anchor a little bit. Uh, and he seemed to play a little unsure at times, maybe not 100 percent confident. But I will say um, he went up against Will Anderson and shut him down pretty good. So that's impressive. Will Anderson could be a top three pick. A top three yeah, if Arizona stays at three, they can if take they stay where they are. Yeah. Um, the highest guard going, he had to the Panthers at 39 was Osiris Torrance. I think that would be a steal there, to tell you the truth. And, boy, talk about adding some instant protection. So most of these tackles we're talking about are 310, 315. This guard is 6'5", 347. He is yeah, a big monster. He started I actually three watched a little bit of him just because I was amazed by his size. And yeah, he's sharp, dude. He he's going to be, a, I think, a very successful player for a long time. He can move, and he can move other dudes, uh, especially for being as big as he was. I was very impressed with his athleticism. Now, I, I did notice that he has a tendency to drop his head and lunge at times for blocks. He looked behind him for running backs sometimes, which was a little strange. Um, I saw him get bull rushed one time. I I can't remember how many games I watched. I saw him get bull rushed one time. It was Jalen Carter. And three plays later, I counted, Osiris Torrance blew him four yards off the ball. I don't think anyone else did that to Jalen Carter uh, in the country. So, um, yeah, big-time player. And then the last um, inner or um, interior offensive lineman, John Michael Schmitz, when this whole process got started, he was in the first round of every mock. He has slowly gone out of there. I rarely see him in the first round anymore. Nope, 47. Um, today yeah he's a he, he's a center could not play guard the first he, center well, well okay interesting joe Tittman, he had joe Tittman going to the jets ahead of him at 42 wisconsin right Tittman from wisconsin yeah. now see smith for me he was very athletic good it was a good mix of athleticism and strength uh he can climb the second level no problem he doesn't stop on plays and he'll get under your pads man and this dude can pancake you if you watch the illinois game he had three pancakes in the first half alone of that game his film is very consistent. Uh, he kind of reminded me of a Skaronsky where I don't know that he's going to be an all-pro player, maybe a pro bowl or two, but I think he's going to be a solid player in the league for a long time. Agreed. Awesome. Anything else on O-linemen? That's about it. Like I said, it's, uh, it's, it's not a stellar crop, but they got to go somewhere because teams always need OL. Yep. 
Um, all right, so let's move on to the running backs. I know you and I love mm. this position uh, just in general. The NFL hates them, but we love them. I know, I know. We, uh, I did a lot of talking there for the O-lineman. You start us off with everybody on earth's number one running back, Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson. It's funny because some places I'll see like, okay, maybe he's a lower. You even at times seem as though you don't believe the pipe. But then when you watch him on film and watch the things he can do, if he's on the right team, this dude could freaking lead the league in rushing as a rookie. He is a freaking monster. And he can catch. He can do. He can break tackles. He can outrun people. He seems to see the field really, really well. Also, he just and he's he's five eleven, two fifteen. He run. He, well, he ran a four four six, but he almost looks faster. He's one of those guys that can run the four four six, whether he's got his gear on or not. Almost, like he just like like. There's no difference. He. He was amazing. I think he'll be the absolute difference maker. Now, the big thing is, is he going to go as early as seven or is he going to go as late as 17? But it's going to, he's not making it out of the top 20. I don't think anybody will find him so amazing to necessarily trade up for him. But if they did, it would not surprise me. Um, everything that you said is true. Uh, you left out that he, he broke PFF's college record for most broken tackles in a season mm-hmm. with 104. That is a lot of tackles to break in a collegiate season. Uh, he doesn't mind pass pro either. And you know, I like a running back that's willing to block. Very patient. Um, here's everything you said is 100% correct. Uh, and he is my number one running back as well, but not by very much. One thing that I, you'll see is he's got this Saquon Barkley thing where he's Dude, like, I was just going to say, he like, he's like right. watching Saquon. Part two, like junior. He's so he's so shifty in the hole. And if you sit there and you're watching, like, man, how do you get out of there? I wonder if because it takes him some time to make these moves. And I'm worried that at the NFL level, he's not going to have the time to make those moves in a crowd. And he's not going up against great defenses. Defenses either. Iowa State's rush defense was 14th in the country. His next best opponent that he faced was Baylor, and they had the 62nd best rush defense in the country. He played three teams that were worse than 100th best rush defense in the country, not going up against stellar defenses. Now, look, you can only play against the teams that are on your schedule, and he played lights out. Yeah, it's almost like Um, we have to be nitpicky with the guy. Yes, you do. To find something that's not stellar. 100%. Now, the next guy on my list is Zach Charbonnet, and it is no secret I've been screaming his name for months now. His tape was my favorite to watch. The reason he's not my number one is because I would watch his film and think, okay, could Bijan make that run? And the answer was always, almost always yes. But then you watch Bijan's tape, and I'm thinking, could Charbonnet make that run? It's not always yes, because Bijan's got that breakaway speed. And their 40 times weren't that different. Um, I think Charbonnet ran a 4.53 and Bijan ran a 4.46. But there's a difference in their long speed on the field. It's 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 pretty wide. And Charbonnet, six foot, um, 214. They're basically the same size. Uh, Charbonnet had almost 1,700 total yards and 14 touchdowns last year. 
He had 61 catches over his last two seasons, and he had over 100 scrimmage yards in every single game that he played last year. Now, keep in mind, his production, 1,700 yards and 14 touchdowns, were only in 10 games. The dude averaged seven yards a carry. He's quick, and he is sudden. When he runs, like, you know it's him. You can't watch a film. If, if you took his jersey off, you'd still know it was Zach Charbonnet. He fights for every yard. He's got real nice contact balance. And you you mentioned this before the show. He might be the best pass catching back in the draft. He's either one or two. Yeah. And the best part is he knows what to do after he catches it. Right. He's not he's not in a weird spot. He knows he knows how to make it happen. Um, and he was probably the best pass blocking back of the running backs that I watched. I love him. I I put I posted his uh, film against Stanford on um, our Facebook page. And I had to tell a couple people in private, like, that's not a highlight film. That was just the game film of his carries and catches during that. Yeah, uh, He's impressive. When, when I watch him, because you had already mentioned him to me, so I went into it thinking, like, hey, this should be impressed because Bobby's not easily impressed by running backs. Um, Like, looking at him, he's built like a small Mike Allstott built uh, use check or, or like a bigger – uh, Kyle Juszczyk, just that he looks different than these. A lot of these other running backs look like the sleek, smooth, muscular, lean dudes. He looks Even more Bajon. like somebody who could would like tackle his mother. You know, this one of those if she had the ball in her hand, like he just looks like a nut, like he's bigger, bulkier. Um, yeah, he does have great hands, he runs great routes, he's expected to catch the ball. So that was nice. And he makes tough catches, but he makes those nice little, you know, those tough little catches that. The ball's just barely in your fingertips, and he brings them in. Incredibly tough to tackle. I don't know how many times I saw him dragging people down the field. Yeah. Again, use check, just like three guys hanging on him, like like Kittle, just dragging people down. Um, and I, I told you the only thing I really had on the only knock was, and it wasn't the long race because there aren't many running backs in the league that can outrun all the corners. There's that's It's very few and far between. But I saw him a few different times getting – I told you, like a a, a run that should have went for fifteen, that he gets caught for seven, yeah. because he just a guy turns around and takes one step and he's caught him because of that little split second difference in the NFL, how fast everybody is. But I also told you he makes five yards out of carries that other guys make one yard out of, so it certainly equals it out. So I, I guess if I had to be picky with this one, the only knockout out ones I don't really consider at the NFL level with the speed, I don't consider him a home run hitter. I, I just don't see him breaking off 60-yard runs. Right. Um, I, th- I, I heard a, an interesting stat where over the last few years, the running backs with the most scrimmage yards in the NFL, on average, they were 6 foot, 220, and ran a 4'5", 6 foot, 214, 4'5", 3". <laughs> That's <laughs> Pretty it. Pretty close. <laughs> it's, right? Now, he, and here's another thing. I was talking to Matt Miller, a draft analyst for ESPN, and I was texting him, and I was like, dude, you got to help me with Charbonnet. I can't get off of him. Why don't people love him more? Why isn't he closer to Bijan? And um, he said, well, to be honest, I love Charbonnet too. He's in my top 50. My two biggest like dings on Charbonnet are his workload and his age. He has 27 more carries in his career than Bijan, and he's less than a full year older. So – now, a full uh, year in the running back world is significant. Right. But not so significant that he would drop 30 spots or or what right. what's looking like maybe 
up to 60 spots behind yeah. where Robinson's going to go. So people, so, so Charbonnet is my second. My third is Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, he's People think too. he, he might sneak into the first round, but Charbonnet, people are like late second, maybe probably third round for him. Yeah. That would be an absolute dream come true for whatever team gets him, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about Gibbs. But it depends where he goes to. Of course. But, like, he, uh, McShay had Gibbs going to the Cardinals today, which isn't bad. Well, he's a no, guy, obviously, you play for Alabama. You play the best of the best for the most part. Their out-of-conference games are always one of the weakest schedules in the country. But the dude, man, he is freaking fast. He's just big enough. He's short, but 200 pounds. Dude, he can just jump. He can jump in almost any offensive league immediately. He'll learn it very quickly and should be starting from day one. Where is he going to go? If you take him at 30, I think that's right around where he should go. But if you take him at 20, it might be a little early. You take him at 40, you got to steal. Your thoughts? Uh, no, I agree, man. He's got de- he's got these pretty decent vision. He's got great hands, and this dude can set up his own blocks. When I'm watching this film, he's now he's a a good bit smaller um, than the comp I'm going to give him. But Alvin Kamara, man, I just kept seeing his style out there uh, with Jameer Gibbs, and obviously that's a you know, <laughs> if you're a running back, it's not a bad thing to be compared to Alvin Kamara. No, it is not. No, I just don't want him to do. I mean. I just have these nightmares, like the Buffalo Bills taking him because they're always looking for a running back. It's like, we already have James Cook. You already have him. He's already there. Completely misuse him. Yes, that's my fear. Um, Oh, my comp that I wanted to give you for Charbonnet would be a um, twitchier Ramondre Stevenson. Again, not bad. Stevenson can catch. Right. He's a bigger back. He's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I I do like Gibbs, man. He's faster, though. I don't don't know. What's – Ramondre's uh speed like yeah I think he's a little slower is Steven's slower right I think so yeah, yeah I think I'd he'd be slower sure. cool all right um you who you would do Devon A chain next yeah fast okay. tiny so fast he's just he's tiny, gonna be yes. another one as good as James Cook started to look last year what's the first thing the Bills do in the offseason Find somebody bigger for first and second down. I don't understand it. It, it boggles my mind how these guys get pegged into this. Just it's like scripted that this is all you can do. I don't. I don't get it. If the guy can play, he can play. I don't know why you 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 put these guys in this tie, pay them in this tiny little hole, this little picture of a third down back. But unfortunately, as good as he is, I think he's going to be a third down back who returns a lot of punts. Well, A-Chain, the, the problem with him is the running backs that are under 200 pounds, that it, it just doesn't happen. It's so rare to have – and it, I mean, obviously it does happen, but it's such a rarity that I can't bank on it being him. Why him over, you know, some, yeah. anybody else? But that being said, a 4-3-2-40, good grief, man. You give this guy a little seam. Give him the ball in space, he's like gone. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's it. See you later, buddy. The thing, he's a punt returner. He's a glor. He's going to be a glorified punt returner. It sucks. Oh, yeah. You and I don't like it. We hate it for fantasy because we know what a guy like that could do if he was given a not necessarily a full time role, but close to it. And we'll, we're thought, probably never going to see it unless it, the top three guys ahead of him get hurt. I thought he was a little stiff, but when you, in one second, when you're eight yards downfield. 
you don't really you don't really need a whole lot of wiggle. That's not your game anyway. Thing is, you know? he's not just fast; he's quick. He, yeah. it, it's catch too. It's like one of it's like that those roller coasters where you're sitting still and it has the magnetic roller instead of going up a hill like you're just sitting still and all of a sudden your head's jammed back and you're going. That's what he looks like. It's just it's just he like two steps to be going full speed. It's 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 sort of weird looking, really. It's yeah, impressive. Uh, and that would do a guy that that I know you enjoy. That's Tajay Spears. He's dreamy. Yeah, he and he hits the he hits the mark right. He's he's from Tulane, five ten. I think he's right around two hundred. He needs so to get a chance and keep his speed. Well, that's not that's easier said than done. I know it is. I'm just saying, if he does it, this dude could be a a freaking monster. Yeah, he. I I thought, especially for only being about two hundred, I thought he was very good at breaking tackles. Uh, he can start, he can stop, and it, he, he's not obviously as fast as a chain. But him but too, he man. Ran a four four. Yeah, if he gets a crease, buddy, watch out. The thing I like most about Spears is that I thought of all these backs, he was probably the most well-rounded. Like if you give him a, an eight on speed, he also gets an eight in strength. He gets an eight in tackle break. You know, he doesn't have any tens, but he doesn't have any sixes either. He's just very consistent in all aspects of his game. I think he fits perfectly for a true pro offense where he's going to run some, he's going to catch some, but not just catch as a little safety valve, but literally plays design for him. He, I think, just barely has even better hands than Charbonnet. Some of the catches he made, dude, looked like he could be a pre. I told you for the show, he could be one of the premier freaking slot receivers in the league if somebody decides, you know what, we're done with this running back crap. We're just throwing you on a slot so you can just run by every linebacker in the freaking league. One thing I wrote over here in my notes, shot out of a cannon. Every time the dude has the ball, it literally looks like there's five people behind, or no, five people in front with a rubber band or a rope and just like the old roller derby, and they'll just swing him around. (laughs) And he's just going, so he's already seven yards down the field before anybody realizes he has the ball. It was amazing. But like I said, the catches, he's made for a pro-style offense. He, I'm with you. He's one of those guys, he might not be able to run through all those one-arm tackles, but when, when you're as fast as he is, maybe you don't have to. You know how I know we love running backs? Normally, we just talk about guys that have a shot at being in the first round. Yeah. There's only two running backs that have a shot. Oh, we've already talked shot, about and It's probably only going to be one. <laughs> and see, I think because there's so many good running backs, it's such a deep class, it's going yeah. to hurt them. I mean – I got a guy, Dwayne McBride from UAB. I don't even feel the need to talk about him because, I mean, granted, he averaged over seven yards a carry. He's a beast. He had a hundred. He had a hundred yards rushing in every single game this year, but one. Yeah, straight the up. The problem beast. is, yeah, he but he might not go to the fourth or fifth round with with how many running backs there are. I think honestly, he's definitely a victim of his competition. I think if he played in the SEC and put right. up any numbers like that, we're talking about a top twenty pick. But over the last. Over the last two years, he got 437 carries, almost 3,100 yards, and 32 touchdowns two seasons. That's some yeah. serious stats. Dude, dude, when you watch him, dude, it's not by accident. The dude can play. Yeah. Now, do you play. have any? Um, do you have any like later round guys that you watched? No, it's across? funny you say that because I really, I I look like a bunch of these guys. I read about them and I watch stuff, and I'm like, there's nobody here. 
that that I that jumps off the page that I think this guy's just disrespected because of his school, because of his age, because of his size. I just I couldn't find anybody that I felt was like, why why am I, got, I even putting more time into this guy? I got one for you. Okay, it's it so out. fun. It's so fun. Um, not my favorite film, but the most fun I had watching film. And it started kind of as a joke, but then you keep watching and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's good. Uh, it he reminds me of who are the two guys we loved Wandale Robinson last year and was it Calvin Austin from oh, Memphis yeah. right he went to Pittsburgh look up Deuce Vaughn Kansas State he is I'm pretty sure he measured in the combine at five five one sixty five just turn on his highlight film I've got him at five five one seventy nine running a four four three I don't know that he's one seventy nine but. When you turn on his film, the first play, I'm like, this is a video game joke. Like he really? I mean, he five five, dude. And he's out here. You he looks five five. And you're like, oh, but by the time you're like two or three minutes into his film, you don't even notice that he's short because the dude can play, man. He can he can ball. So is he Darren now, Sproles Jr., a guy know, that's gonna I know returns and the, he'll be on the field. The, for third down, maybe some first and second down here and there. Uh, put him in the Sproles, slot once in a while. Sproles might be two inches taller than him. Yeah, he's little. I, but seriously, watch his film. The guy can play some football, man. Will do. You know, this this has him at 5'5", 179, still in the bottom 1%. Yeah. Or, it, of, of I think he was like the second or third shortest guy in combine history. Second, no, 2% in arm length. Uh, but good vertical hands actually are big, 64th percentile. Just just check them out. It's good stuff. We'll All right, you move on to move on to tight ends. Sure. All right. So I think we probably have the same number one guy, Michael Mayer. Yeah. It's and if not he's not close. everyone's yeah, well, he's not everyone's number one guy. The reason we like him is because one, he went to Notre Dame and Notre Dame makes tight ends, right? And the second reason I think we like him is because he is a well-rounded guy. He's, he's not going to right away. He's right. He's not going to wow you on literally anything, but he's good at everything. Six, four and a half, two fifty, ran a four, seven, 32 inch vertical. All of that is fine, but he does it all. And he lines up everywhere. It was so weird. I got this big tight end at Notre Dame, and he gets down three-point stance right next to the tackle. That makes sense. Next play, he's lined up in the slot. I'm like, that's odd, but I can see it. Big old slot, you know, tight end out there. All right. Next play, he's a, he's lined up as an H-back. Sure, okay. Con again, a little more odd. Next play, he's out wide as a receiver, and they're throwing him the ball out yeah. there. And he's getting open, and he's catching the ball against cornerbacks. And they did that a lot. I was like, I was pretty shocked watching that uh, Notre Dame's game. Um, dude, he can but, block. Yes, dude, he's I'm definitely a good enough blocker. Yeah, he really is baby Gronk. I know that's his nickname. It's very cliche. But if he was three inches taller and you put a different jersey on him, a Patriots jersey, I'd think it was freaking Gronk. He, he Just the way his, his body moves, how lanky okay. he is. He can catch anything off his fingertips, but he also will catch a ball within three defenders. It's freaking nuts. It's, like I wrote here, traffic. no weakness. He's made his it. way. You're not gonna he like this, Mister McShay. Pick number twenty six, the Dallas Cowboys. 
Well, uh, well, oh man, honestly though, what a great pick for them that would be. It, right, absolutely. From as an Eagles fan, you wouldn't like it, but as a football, right. if they can get him at twenty six and immediately replace Dalton yeah. Schultz with that. Wow, mm-hmm. you didn't yeah. just not lose anything; you upgraded. Now he, the one thing I'll say about him, the knock I'll give him is he doesn't hold his blocks very long, but um, he's he's good enough at it, and he's great. I got some now. He's not Travis Kelsey, but I got some Travis Kelsey vibes with how he's in traffic and boxing out players to make the catches and stuff like that. Plus, I said N- Notre Dame makes tight ends. He set all time career receiving records for tight ends at Notre Dame. Yeah, he's uh, the best of the bunch, right? He's just to be uh, like going into this. I was just like, none of these guys I think are that exciting. But then when I really started watching him, I was just like, wow, I yeah, I I, just, I didn't know what to say. Now, that said, we talked for the show. I got this little list here. And we'll go starting in 2013, the number one tight end taken each year. Guys that are supposed to be the next great thing. Maybe one of them has actually done it. Tyler Eifert, 2013. Eric Ebron, Max Williams, Hunter Henry. And we'll give him a couple good years until he blew his knee apart. O.J. Howard, Hayden Hurst, Hawkinson, who's the one who it looks like is on the brink of really doing something. Yeah, he's uh, in a good spot. Cole Komet, who had a good year last year. Kyle Pitts, one of the absolute biggest disappointments over the last 20 years. But he's been hurt, so we, we, the jury's still out. But it's it starting to tell people. It like one or two jury picks. members holding out right now. And then Trey McBride, who didn't really get to play a whole lot last year. Eifert, man. What could have been? Yeah. What could it was ankle part. That was an ugly injury too. That was uh, that was just not pretty. But yeah, he he could have been sewn. And all of these guys have had flashes, but Hawkinson's the only one of all of them that I would consider a legit number one tight end that that's really come through and with what's been expected of him. So who's your who's your number two tight end? I had to go. It was it was a mix between Darnell Washington and Dalton Kincaid. Don Kincaid, I think, is obviously more NFL ready right now. He but is. that Darnell Washington, I'll be damned if I love to <laughs> oh watch him just murder people for the next ten years. Because so, he can catch, he can he can obviously he can block. That's almost all he ever did at Georgia. Man, if he can get taught to run better routes and just I mean, imagine him in the red zone. I, I anytime you need seven yards. Who's going to stop this dude? It's sickening, the skill. 6'7", 264, running a 4'6". I mean, are you freaking kidding me? Why? My only question is, Georgia, what were you doing? And is this how you're going to use Mark Andrews? I sure as hell hope not. He, okay, so when it's all said and done, Dalton Kincaid is going to have to be my second tight end because he's probably going to have the better chance at being successful in the NFL. But I love Darnell Washington. I the the so but better than the four six four is he ran a four oh eight short shuttle, which is the twenty yard shuttle back and forth. That's a defense. That's good for a DB yeah. to start I and mean, stop that, that all that weight and that height yes. that quickly. If he gets his hands on you, it's over with. You are done because it, now he goes up against edge, you know, rushers and stuff like that. 
if you can bring a linebacker over there, or if he's leading around the end or, or with the, for a running back, dude, it's it's and he'll block you all the way down the field. Oh yeah, he gets locked in there, and that's it, man. You're on rails, you're on ice skates, and he's just going to take you wherever he feels like taking. And you. he's been doing it to top defenders who literally want to take Stetson's head off. Yes, and he's great at pass protection too. It's not just run blocking. It's everything. He he's a beast. I know. He had to your point. You were talking uh, about how they completely underutilized him he had two or less catches which means zero or one in fifth i'm sorry in 11 of his 15 games two or less the thing is though the catches he was making are one-handed leaping catches diving out of bounds who's going to cover him let me just ask you that who's covering who's going to cover him if he really can be transformed into what we think he maybe could who can cover him? Linebackers can't. Corners the are linebackers, going to be in the middle. Man. I mean, who's going to cover Safety's, this guy? Safety's you just – got to put, a, you gotta put two small. guys on him on every play? Uh, it, it would be such an extreme mismatch. And so I wrote this in my notes. See what you think. I said, what if the Ravens drafted him to pair with Mark Andrews, the run game because of how well he can block, plus – He's getting Todd Munkin is his offensive coordinator yeah. who he had at Georgia. Now, granted, he underutilized him, but he at least knows his strengths and know how to use him. Boy, I tell you what, you guys could run double tight ends formations forever. You run triple, third likely in there too. Who are you going to cover, dude? Can you? Pass <laughs> Which it? one of those three maniacs are you going to cover? You don't even need a receiver. Now, dude, I'm buying you what not you're selling. Let's roll with it. Now we just need a quarterback and actually get him the ball. Get you, get you, a, I mean, a burner. I don't know if you have like any burners on your on your team, but do take Jalen Hyatt or something, yeah, and just let him run deep and let yeah, these three let monster chase tight ends. Yes, yeah, dude, I'm with you. And those running backs. I mean, this is this would be an offense all of a sudden. Even Lamar, they do this offense if he comes back. I right, dude, yeah. I'm buying what you're selling 100. Let's roll with it right now. Let's call down to Baltimore. <laughs> but again, as we know, this all makes way too much sense for it to ever happen. So I know. no chance. Gosh, that would be so. I fun. like. I like. Did that just come off the top of your head, or have you been thinking that all week? Um, I've I've had it for a while, but I put it in my notes. So I wouldn't forget. No, I didn't nice. want to bring it up. I like to surprise. you I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter. Excellent. Well, I think you do. I think this is it. <laughs> Visual. Newsletter. Uh, all right. We mentioned Dalton Kincaid from Utah. Dude is quick. He's fast. He's athletic. He um he's not Darnell Washington. No. He's not gonna. He's not a people mover. He does have some serious hands. He does. And very athletic. I know. And then when he gets the ball, I wrote a less angry George Kittle. I thought that was. I thought that was a pretty good comp. Now he granted he's not. Yeah, George that's Kittle. still pretty angry. Right. He's right. He's kind of angry. He's not, I'm going to go out of my way to try to hurt you, George Kittle. Um, but if he can inflict some punishment, he definitely will. He He's really good at finding um, holes in zone coverage. He attacks the ball in the air. He's not waiting for it to come to him. He's going to go up and get it. Um, and there was against USC, he had, I was watching this film and I, I, okay. Okay. Was that, yep. He made the catch. Next play, he made the catch. Next play, he made the, 16 for 243 in a touchdown against USC. That's impressive. 16. Yeah, no yeah, kidding. Yeah, the dude can play. There's no doubt. He might even slip into the end of the first round. 
Maybe. Uh, well, probably some not, people, but he might. Some people have him going in the top 15 picks. I've seen him actually drop out and freaking Musgrave go ahead of him. Uh, yeah, we talk, go, go ahead. Go ahead on him a little bit. I don't get it either. I, I All I wrote, I wrote, I did write fast. But other than that, I just wrote, don't get it. This guy has so much freaking hype for a dude who's not really done a lot. He's always freaking hurt. He he just seems like again like a guy I don't I know he's on gun control with the law but not a guy that I want in my locker room. He just seems I don't know why I I I can't say he's not going to have a decent career but I don't remotely get how any team would consider taking this guy in the first round. He does nothing better than these other guys. Yes. He if you could take him and put him down at nine. And I wouldn't think there was much difference in overall skill level. He's just a little faster. I, well, what, what are we missing? We talked for sure. What are we missing? He's 6'6", 250. So he's one inch shorter than Darnell Washington. He's 10 pounds lighter. And their 40 times were almost identical. Yeah. 464, 461. You know what I mean? He but is just watching, it's just it's not the same. He's got... So I wrote that I wrote he's got the kind of speed and agility to separate from defensive backs. And he does. He can move. He's got some wiggle. Um, but like you said, he's always hurt and he's very inexperienced. He has never had more than 22 catches in a season. So how, how do you take this guy potentially in the first round? I wrote Mike Jasicki ish question marks. And I think think that's a decent comp and i don't think you want jasicki in the first or no, second who round on earth would do that i, I wouldn't i, I don't know. know if i'd take him before the fifth or sixth i did yeah. i i i don't know what there's something we're missing i don't know what it is but it's not just like these scouts and, and these mcshays and kuipers the world you know these gms people talking about him how, how he's just uh, I, yeah, I think I don't know. I think those are the GMs that want Dalton Kincaid, and they're trying to put that. Yeah, out they there talk so this they other guy up, and I hope somebody takes yeah. him because I I don't I don't understand it. I'm not going to understand it. He's obviously going to go earlier than where I think he should go, unless he goes in the fourth round or later. So I I don't I don't know. I'm I'm without words on this dude. I just don't get it. Another one I got for you, uh, a later round guy is going to be Brenton Strange from Penn State. I heard his name mentioned on a podcast. I decided to check him out. He's good, man. He's not going to shock you or awe you in anything like some other guys we talked about on the show tonight. Uh, but he's a good blocker with a mean streak, and uh, he's got pretty good hands. He's decent after the catch, and uh, he can operate close to the line, down the seam. Honestly, if I had to pick between him and Luke Musgrave, I'm not sure who I would choose. And you're going to get him in the fourth or fifth round. I'm with you. Like, I I looked at at least, like, two minutes of, like, the next six, seven guys, up through 12. And they're all the same dude. Yep. They're varying different sizes, maybe varying different speeds. Not a single one of them do I see as some big game changer for any team that gets them. Right. So they're not the same dude, but they're the same ability level. Yes, overall right. ability level, yep. what they're going to offer on, on a grand scheme of football. Not a single guy that I think is going to run in there and be some a pro bowl player. Half of them probably won't even be in the league in four years. Uh, that's a lot it. Of them. I wish them all well and hope they kick some butt. Yeah. All right, dude. Anything else? Any final thoughts on any of these guys or uh, anybody I need to check out? No, I think we're good on all these. Uh, what are we? What are we planning on doing next week? 
Well, let's see. I'd like to get some edge players taken care of because there's quite a few of those. That's another pretty deep group. Yeah. Uh, so let's do edge and defensive tackles. And if we have some time, maybe dip into linebackers. Okay. Because there aren't many, I mean, linebackers, no one cares about them anymore. They're like running backs. We'll only get one, maybe two of them in the first round. So, yeah, there's nobody in this, in this entire defensive spectrum to me that is like, say what sauce was for me last year, like a dream. Baby. Oh, no. Nothing, oh, nothing no. I'm so excited about and saying, no, Aiden Hutchinson. Damn, he should go number one. He should go number one. And it's funny, you and I talked about two weeks ago, you see all these drafts now, like if the 2022 draft was done all over again, number one on every single freaking one, sauce. We fought for it. I was cussing on here. You're yelling at me. I'm cussing, you know, trying to have the guys back for number one. Didn't happen. Yeah, but Wasn't even the first corner taken. And let's say it's not Sauce. It's Aiden Hutchinson. No matter what, it's not Trayvon Walker. It no is matter not. what. Because they're already backtracking. They're always saying, well, we're working hard with them. We still think there's all this potential. When you start saying that, it's when you don't necessarily think that's true because you're defending that's, it. That's my point with Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. How much work do you think the Jets did with Sauce? None. Dude yeah, walked down on the field and just shut people down. How much work was done with Aiden Hutchinson? None. Dude walked out there with all the tools he needed. You can't draft a guy in the yeah. top five, top ten picks that You're needs wrong. that much work. Nope. nope. Not when it's a quarterback. You said it yourself. There's all the other positions on in the league. Quarterback is different. You said it yourself. Don't pretend you didn't. It's different. It is different. You still can't draft someone that needs that much Of course work. you can now, here again, I want to clarify something from last week. I said very clearly, if they hadn't done what they had done, Carolina, that is, mm-hmm. I would take one of, I would take Stroud right. or Young. You're right. But because they get trade away the farm and gave away DJ Moore just for shits and giggles, if you're going all in, let's go freaking. I know we almost made it. If we're going in, let's freaking go all in. Don't push in your 900,000 chips. And leave twenty five grand sitting on the side. Throw that whole some bitch in. Let's go. Let's go. I just man, I'd if I'm putting my house on the line, I at least want to keep the front porch, man. That's I'm, I why? I don't what know. Do you gonna sleep there? You gonna plug the refrigerator in there? You gonna get a little cooking set out there? Go Maybe. all in. Let's see what this guy has to offer because he's the one again that has the highest upside. Without the trade, I'll take your other two guys all day. But if we're going all in, let's freaking go all in and see where this guy can take us. Get yourself a lineman with your other first round pick, and you've added some weapons. I'm, I'll, I'll give it to them, dude. They've, they've really surprised me with what they've done, and they don't have a lot to offer to get these guys in, but they're doing it anyway. And uh, more part two, it's a lot more than what the crappy Ravens have done. After all, they did get Nelson Aguilar. That makes me so excited. A quarterback oh, who you, can't throw and a wide receiver who can't catch. Great. You give you give me so much crap over him. If Jalen Rager ends up in Baltimore, my life is is made. <laughs> He's still in Minnesota now, isn't he? Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Who cares? Oh, uh, what a uh, freaking mess. All right. A lot of our answers are gonna be answered in three weeks and what, two days? So how are we gonna handle that? Are we gonna are we gonna do our usual thing or are you gonna 
what what is it you call it when you don't want to be bothered? I don't. You have some stupid name for it. Uh, I would crawl to a cave. Yeah, whatever know. it is you say, where there's no con, especially when the Eagles pick, because you don't want to deal with it. Um, yeah. Well, I just have we got we got to come up with something. We will. All right, sir. Uh, great show. Awesome, everybody. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check us out. Get your bell rung. Football podcast on Facebook and Spotify, YouTube. Are we looking into Apple Podcasts as well, Kevin? I completely forgot about that. Thanks we for reminding me. We are now. Yeah. And even Twitter. I've been doing the Twitter machine every now and then. So check that out also. I've been doing some more on the Facebooks. Love it. Oh, yes, you have. I love it. Yeah, I like finding some things there to get people fired up. Stupid awesome. L Jacks. All right. See y'all in a week. See y'all.